crank up that diesel. Um, 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 let's go diesel. Um. Isn't that what we say on this podcast? We don't apologize for wins. Straight up. I said it ain't the BCS out here. Let's get these W's. Yeah, there's no style mm-hmm. points and victories. Just stack the wins. Uh, go back to our podcast a month ago. We probably thought that we'd be two and two at this point. I think a lot of people around the fan base would say the same thing. We arrived at the destination. We just took a different route, so to speak. Uh, there are some things that we need to clean up, but for now, we're going to enjoy this, this win. So let, let's get into that and, and talk about the things that we liked from Sunday's win over the Falcons. And uh, number one, got to be Corey's man number four. For, y'all didn't hear this, but Corey said he might fuck around and get a four jersey in this motherfucker. <laughs> so, so that's another Don't one. Bites does. Corey's officially <laughs> team Heine, team Heineke, bro. I feel you. This, hey, say what you want about four. This man is a gamer. He comes to play. He's not afraid of bright lights. And he does his best work when the, the lights are brightest, honestly. Tampa game last year, you saw it in the Giants game a few weeks back. And you saw it on Sunday, man. The game was tight, and this man played loose. This man was ready for the, for the big time. And, um, you know, there's a lot of quarterbacks here we've had here in the past that didn't step up to the plate when we needed them most. And Heineke is like the anti – he's like the anti, anti-Kirk. And that's why I fuck with him. For those that just continue to – question Heineke or long-term like I told y'all in the chat earlier man like all I consistently see is outside of the Heineke lifers who are they're they're riding and dying for them. don't get me wrong there's there's those out there that Heineke do no wrong what kills me is the part of the fan base that just says like well is he the future or is he the long-term answer like he doesn't he doesn't he can't throw here he can't throw there like it just seems like there's such a focus on what he can't do instead of focusing on what he can do. Like I told y'all, it's like team is rallying around this dude. Like since the playoff game, clearly he's done something that shows like he's got that dog in him, man. He, he just, he fights to the end. I feel like the team feels like they're consistently always going to be in a battle regardless of what the score is. Like they're not out of it. They don't, they don't count themselves out. Like he rallies the troops. Yes. He doesn't have the strongest arm. He's not your typical six, four, six, five quarterback. And I'm not crowning him right now saying, okay, he's the answer for long term, but he seems like he's the answer right now. Like we all know this is a week-to-week league, and we need to appreciate what he's doing right now because we didn't have 30 quarterbacks in the last 20, 25-plus years. So we've tried the first row, first overall, first-round pick. We've tried third-round pick. We traded. We've done everything. And it seems like at this point, this guy can end up being a blessing in disguise for this franchise and his team and his fan base. So – I'm more so trying to just look at what he does on the positive end and not looking at his limitations and just enjoy the ride, man. Because for all we know, we might have found our diamond in the rough. This is all I'll say. For lack of a better term, Cliff, look, I'm, not, look, I'm not stabbing it. What I'm saying is just I know, I know, I know, play I, itself out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I know. I'm just saying I think it's one of these things, man. It's it, Especially when it comes to quarterback in the NFL, the unheralded players, it takes people more time. As it should, right? This is someone that a lot of people hadn't heard about. Guy's a journeyman of sorts. The weird thing about the NFL is you can be 28, 29 and never have played a snap at quarterback in the NFL, really. Right? Just because if you weren't someone else's high pick, you're just not getting on the field. So it's going to take people time, but 
look, man, the guy plays with a confidence that he's that I have not seen around here in a while. That's how I would put it. Yeah. Because even even Kirk, while Kirk is not Kirk is a solid quarterback. Kirk is a very shaky guy in pressure spots. Period. I don't like I don't care what any and the weird thing is I'm a stack guy. And if you could you could point to the stats and be like, Cliff, look at this fourth quarter. I don't even care. I know what I saw. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Heineke don't got that, man. This guy, like you say, he's got that dog in him, man. He just makes plays. That McKissick, Russell Wilson shit. I'm not saying he plays like Russ. He just, Russ got that that energy about him late in games. Yep. You just feel like, you feel like in the end, it's going to get done. Yep. That's how that shit fell Sunday. That, that, that's what I like most about Heineke, man, is that how many times last season did we need a touchdown in a big spot and with 11 or 7 taking snaps, you just knew it wasn't going to happen. But with Heineke, it seems like no matter what the circumstances are, that he's going to show up for you, man. And, you know, I, I said he's the anti-Kirk, and while Kirk – probably is the better quarterback, man. Kirk wouldn't have tempted that pass to Terry in the fourth quarter. He wouldn't have thrown across his body to, nah. to McKissick <laughs> on that game-winning touchdown. Like, these are plays that Kirk just wouldn't allow himself to make. Like, I made a joke last summer after he said that Kirk said to the media that he plans to do more off-script that season, and he's the only person alive that has to plan to go off-script. Heineke lives off-script, man. This is his game. This is his lane. He does this shit. He's about that life. So, I mean, it's good to see a quarterback out here that's ready to hang some onion and, and fucking ball out and not be scared of the big moment. That's it, man. Like he, he, again, he just keeps the team – he keeps he keeps their energy up. And it's crazy because I truly didn't feel like we were ever out of the game on Sunday. It's just like I expected him to make a play, and it's kind of crazy for me to say that because I didn't anticipate myself saying that about Taylor Heineke. But and it seems like anytime we need a play, he finds a way to get it done. Yes, the play, the play to Terry was basically playing 500 in your backyard, but he took the opportunity, he took the shot. He gave his wide receiver one an opportunity to make a play. McCord came through and made a play for him. So, like I said, I just feel like, I don't know, man, it's a week-to-week league, and people need to stop looking at what he can't do and, and start looking at what he can do. But even that, even the Terry play, he threw the ball because Terry was wide fucking open. I was just going to say that. Y'all that was see the that only ball reason ball he ended up play? throwing the ball. Yeah, yeah Terry was wide buck naked open. He actually made the cornerback fall down, and Heineken threw the ball like three or four seconds late, mainly because John Bates had whiffed on the block. Mainly because? Fowler, only, Fowler because. <laughs> <laughs> only because. Only because. <laughs> only because. Like, for real. Like, John Bates gets whipped right on off the, off the bucks, like off break. Heineken has no time to throw. Otherwise, it's a easy, the easiest touchdown Heineken has ever thrown in his life. But you know what? He wasn't afraid to throw the ball even – at that point, he knew that Terry would make a play for him. And, you know, trust your playmakers, man. How long have we been saying trust your playmakers on this podcast? To whoever's playing quarterback. Too long, Forever. Right? And ever. <laughs> <laughs> you say Shakira on this joint? God damn. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, all right. Hey, the little hook. The hook came to my mind when you asked the question, bro. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But anyway. I'm still very, very, very much on the fence about Heineke. But every week he does more and more to shut me up and let me buy in a little more. Do I think he's a quarterback of the future here? 
I have no idea. Uh, if I were a betting man, which I am, I would bet against it. But, you know, that's just me being a, a, a skeptic. But this man is, is more than enough to get this offense going. I mean, you've seen the DVOA numbers. You've seen the stats. This offense is outperformed what we thought that we needed from them this year. We said league average. Been, they've been better than league average through the past four weeks. Um, and this is all on Heineke. I don't know for a fact that Fitz would have done the same. I don't know if Kyle Allen could do the same. Um, no. I know for damn sure no. the quarterbacks last year couldn't do the same. So, no. Right, no chance. Because beyond – because the thing with Heineke right now is like beyond um, beyond the fact we're moving the ball in part because he's incredibly efficient. And I like I texted y'all the other yeah. day. He takes no sacks. He doesn't get sacked. So we so it's never it's never second and seventeen, second and eighteen. If you think about yeah. the last couple of years, our offenses not only were they always bad, they were always behind the sticks. It was always second and four ways, second and 15. Like you have no shot in those scenarios. And the dude is a super athlete. He is really athletic, man. You, I feel like in the NFL, you can tell if someone is really quick or fast by how the angles close when they get to the sidelines, right? He is able to score those mm-hmm. pylon touchdowns. Most of the quarterbacks in the league would not get near the end zone on those plays. They're going out at a two or three. Right. They're not even getting to the end zone because that angle's being cut yeah. off. Those are DBs. Like, that angle's being cut off. Not any is quick. Yeah. He's, like, legitimately quick. Where where would he rank among most athletic quarterbacks? He would be up there. Man. Ooh, that's a good question. Right. Not Lamar, not a Kyler, not Russ. Not a, I actually think he might be a better athlete than like Russ. I think he might be a better athlete. Think so? <laughs> I think so. Man, but that is. I think he's just small. That's quite a take. Well, what's about Russ right now? Not, not right. young Russ. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, not younger okay. Russ. Y'all think Heineke is more athletic than Danny? No. Danny. What about Danny? Daniel Jones. His name is Daniel. Daniel. Daniel Jones. No dimes. Danny. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Jones is also, but Daniel, Daniel Jones is pretty athletic when he's not tripping over his own. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like Heineke is like agile, right? Like he's mm, quick. Yeah. He has really good balance. Even on that touchdown to uh, McLaurin, some some quarterbacks probably might get sacked in that scenario. And the way he chills in the pocket, like that rush, that touchdown to McKissick, the way he just like chilled, like wasn't like freaking out. It was a big play in the game. No panic. No panic. Didn't have happy feet. No panic. No nothing. Like, Calm, that, cool, collect. Touchdown versus the Bills. Same thing when he that the touchdown he ran in. Like no panic. Mm-hmm. We've had some QBs that were yeah. throwing this shit out the back of it with no pressure on them. Would have just thrown the ball at the back of the end zone. Yeah, no doubt. Also, shout out to Scott Turner, man. He called a great game for Heineke. Y'all notice how he got him out the pocket a lot, a lot of rollouts, a lot of bootleg stuff, a lot Scott of. Scott was listening to the pod, man. He listened to the pod. Hey, Scott heard us, man. Scott heard us, man. We needed him to call a great game for Heineke. God damn it, he did it. That was that was a, a a really really smart game plan for Heineke, and I hope they continue that in the coming weeks because we're not going to have much success on offense or continued success on offense, I should say, if um they continue to lean on Heineke, but. 
that was the perfect balance. I, I do think Gibson got the ball enough. I think they counted on Terry and they counted on on Curtis Samuel. They gave McKiss the ball quite a bit. It was just the right amount of high and key in the game plan to get it the win. So I'm really happy about yep. that. Uh, let's talk about 17, man. Six catches, I think 123 yards, two touchdowns. That ball in that corner was a dot. Shout out to Heineke on that joint. Um, where is he ranking the league right now to y'all? Is he top 10? Is he top five? <laughs> he is really making a name for himself as being one of the premier receivers in the league right now. Like, I, there's, he's unguardable at this point. I can't think of a cornerback that could check him, a defensive coordinator that can box him in. Well, no matter what you plan for 17, he's cooking you. I'm not going to put a number on him yet, Paul. But like I've been telling y'all, 17 saw that top 100 by the players. And he felt that disrespect, bro. They had him in there speaking up, talking up, hyping up all these other wideouts, all these other players and DBs. And McLaurin couldn't even sniff the top 100. He put everybody, he's putting everybody on notice. This brother has six for 123 and two tutties. He's been performing every week. We've been asking for them to get this man double-digit targets. And I and as we're seeing, Heineke is looking for him at all times. And like I said, it, it just seems like he's on guard right now. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes back to what he was doing in the offseason because, as we know, he was working out with Doug Baldwin, work, work, working on his releases and getting off the line. And It just seems like he has the ability to get open at all times right now. And it's just crazy to see McLaurin grow, man, because when he came in, we all thought he was going to be like a special teams player. He might help on offense here and there. And just the way he's developing, it's just exciting to see because obviously, you know, it's hard to find that dog like that, let alone in the third round as a wide receiver. And for him to continue to improve like this week in and week out, I mean, the sky's the limit for 17, man. And the crazy part about it, he's only going to keep getting better. I don't, he's, I don't think he's anywhere near his ceiling right now. So I ain't going to put a number on it, but he's, he's definitely, definitely an upper echelon of receivers right now. I think the most encouraging thing right now about McLaurin is the relationship he clearly has with Heineke. Two weeks ago, he set a career high with 13 targets. He had 13 targets again on Sunday. Imagine he mm-hmm. had caught more than six passes, all 13 targets. Like, he might have gone over 200 for the day. But yep. my point is, is that they have such a relationship, such a trust in one another, that he's going back to that well over and over again. And again, how many times on this podcast over the past three years have we said more 17? We need more, we need more Terry. These days where he was having five catches, for like 40 yards because the quarterback <laughs> threw the ball downfield and he only mm-hmm. had like seven targets. I'm like, yo, this is malpractice. You need to throw this ball to this brother as much as possible. Cliff saying, get 17 the ball. <laughs> what are we doing? I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to get into the ranking stuff with wide receivers. Okay, fair enough. Only because we're we four weeks in. I We thought about this going into the season. When the season is over, there will be no doubt that that man is top ten. Mm-hmm. Won't even be up for conversation. Period. Yep. Shoot, top five, top five, top five. My bad. Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> On somebody's podcast this week, maybe it was last week. Honestly, we might have actually talked about this, but let's take it to the podcast. Um, right now, I would take ten over seventeen. But mm-hmm. I do think that 17 is well on its way to being the best Washington receiver of the past, like, quarter century. Y'all – I can see that. Y'all tend to agree? Yep. yep. If he keeps trending at this rate, absolutely. I don't see why not. 
Yeah, he's on. And I, and I, I feel like, like you said, we discussed it on the pod previous, and it was no disrespect to McLaurin. I was just saying, my point was like Tana. We've seen Tana do it season after oh. season after season. We know how that year, that twenty, I forget what I, I ain't gonna, I forget what 05. year it was. That might have been 05. Yeah, 05. 05. 05. Um, when Tana, Tana was just fucking the league up, and basically that's what McLaurin's doing right now. So I'm with you, boy. It's only a matter of time. So right, I think Santana was Santana's best is better than. Terry currently, not by much, like a slight edge. Um, and it's also because that year Tana wasn't getting anything but targets. Like I think David Patton was other receiver. James Thrash was on the team. So I think call like 91 passes that year or whatever it was. He was getting forced fed the ball. If Terry was getting forced fed the ball by a quarterback like Brunel at that time, he might have had similar stats, but I think Terry's well on his way. I think he's on pace for like 114.72 and nine, I believe, was the figure I saw. That is all pro level production. You know, mm-hmm. we need to give Terry his flowers, man. Like, I know the top 100 disrespected him. He hasn't been a Pro Bowl receiver yet, but like, he's making a name for himself around the league this year. And I, I pray, I pray that eyes and national pundits start giving this man his due because he is an elite receiver and he deserves to be mentioned with some of the best in the league right now. Agreed. But week four, we're going to let the conversation be had at the end of the year. Because <clears throat> receivers is one of those things when you start naming guys, you end up realizing there are a lot of them. Let's, mm-hmm. let's wait till yeah. the numbers are done. <clears throat> when the numbers are done, mm-hmm. actually if mm-hmm. Heineken is quarterback, when this shit is over, it's not even going to be a conversation. Like, that's my thing. It's like there's not even going to have to be a discussion about it. Uh, Just to give you that Santana stat line from 05, it was 84 catches, 1,483 yards, nine touchdowns, 17.7 average for catches. <laughs> like, right. It's actually very, very close to what Terry's on pace for this yeah. year. And remember how we were talking about mm-hmm. Tana in 05? Like, oh, this man's an mm-hmm. all-pro. This man might be a top five yep. receiver in the league. It was him and Steve Smith that year. Like, yep. imagine he puts up that sort of production this year, the conversations we're going to have about Terry. Like, yeah, he's in that conversation. Not many guys can go 1,500. And he, this is the third year in a row he's done it with a new quarterback. Like, come on now. Yep. Stop playing with my boy, 17, man. All right, oh, let's talk about the running backs, man. Uh, Gibson and McKissick both had really good days. Gibson got the ball more, McKissick, got the ball more, and clearly he made the game-winning play for us. Yo, that little hezzy he put on Deion Jones is ridiculous, man. He does that quite often. Like, he just, he just sets you up. The way he runs, man, the way he just explodes from any position, like, like, he's a playmaker, and he needs to get the ball more. I know we talked this summer about Patterson being the next McKissick in 2022, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but we would be fools to not re-up with McKissick if we can. Like, I know that he's going to get some a little bit of bread, I saw someone on Twitter say he should get Naeem Hines money, which was three for 18. I would have no problem doing that. He's been too productive and too consistent of a player here to just let him walk. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Like I said, the running backs had, a, had a, quite a good day. Very impressive. They both came through and scored for us in a big spot. Um, and moving forward, especially with the injuries that we're going to get to in a little bit, to Diamond Brown, Logan Thomas, and um, – who else got her? Cam Sims. Cam Sims. Right. I think that we should see a little bit more 41 in the game plan moving forward. 
just for the sake of keeping your best players on the field. Y'all know where I'm at with McKissick, man. I've been saying get McKissick the ball. 41 has been a playmaker. The dude caught 80 passes last year. I know it was a lot of dink and dunk, but he put them numbers up. McKissick makes plays when the ball is his hand, is in his hand. Obviously, we know 24 Gibson is that dog. He's RB1, but I love to see 24 and 41 on the field together. I love when 41's on the field lined up out wide. Like, you can put McKissick anywhere, and he just makes plays. And it just seems like, again, Heineke was looking for him. I mean, obviously, he went through his reads. I'm just glad on that final play that he found McKissick. And, Paul, like you said, that hezzy that he put on Deion Jones almost had me fall out my chair. Like, McKissick is a playmaker, man. And I, I'm hoping, obviously, with these injuries that we just that are going to impact the offense now going forward, hopefully we try to – Scott Turner tries to get him the ball even more. Because, um, obviously, somebody's got to make up for those targets in losing Logan Thomas. So, McKissick – yeah, I, I would have already re, I would have already offered him a new contract. Um, I know Cliff don't like to get into contracts during the season, but I think McKissick is somebody that this team needs to look into and possibly try and extend if they can, because um, he's just a, he's, a, he's a baller, man. He, All right, guys. He's coming here and done a lot more than I would have thought he would have done. Guys, we can't be just giving out extensions willy nilly out here. After four weeks, I mean, he's your he's your he's your third down back. I'm not saying giving him giving yeah, him five I, for eighty million, but we, I'm we, not giving no running backs no extensions. I'm sorry, that's, that's your hate it's for them. Cool. You don't like you don't like paying and running backs. That's all. That's, not you even don't that. Like that. Dog, we're talking about an in-season extension for a running back. Does that seem like a good idea, for America? I mean, you, America. You could be taking you you could be taking a risk of losing them in the off season. What you mean? Why not get ahead of the game? Listen, I'm not here to slander the guy. The guy played great. That's why I don't even want to have a conversation about contrast because it makes it sound like I'm hating on the man. Look, <laughs> I actually think I actually think McKissick's going to be helped out more by playing with Heineke, right? Because I really feel like even yeah. last year he had the 80 catches. Defenses knew we were going there all the time because yeah. Heineke is aggressive. I was the ball down the field. Checkdowns are going to be he like my biggest thing behind you right now is he doesn't hit checkdowns enough. As the season goes on, as teams are playing deeper, especially with Samuel out there, McKissick's going to be cleaning up on checkdowns, man. Cleaning up. Also, with the threat of Heineke with his feet, Cliff, you know, them linebackers got to respect his movement and they could, they could miss McKissick coming out of the back. I don't think that's ever going to happen. You know, the way he looks. It's about Heineke. I think we're yeah. gonna end up in a like a Daniel Jones sort of situation there, where like defenses aren't treating him like he can move. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, shit. We take it. I'll take it. He had that. What he had on, on Sunday? Five for forty-three, and those was the touchdown and the other couple of carries picked up first down. So that's cool. if he Don't started being it. treated like he can move, our offense would probably become a dot. A, Top five offense. Um, I hear you on that. Um, and I, I hear you too on the contract. You know, we're not giving out extensions right now. I just hope that he's somebody that we think about bringing back, resigning, whatever. I think he might get a little nice little tidy deal from somebody, if not us. He's proven he's a very valuable third down back. I'll, listen, as far as third down backs go, we got one of the best ones. That's all I know. He's been valuable. He can spell Gibson whenever we need. He can split out. He gives to a playmaker that you can just put in on the pinch. Pretty much anywhere in the field because he does so much for you. 
that's something that down the line we can think about. But you know, for now we don't we have we have. Also, last point on McKissick, he's probably one of the best third down backs when it comes to pass pro because he's been oh, out yeah. there pancaking these linebackers and being. So we cannot. We also can't miss that as well because they trust him back there protecting the quarterback, and that's something that you obviously need. So. Mm-hmm. Was it on the Terry touchdown that he laid somebody out? Flatten yeah. cuz. Flatten his no. ass. Yo, <laughs> yo, I've I've never seen somebody Me, fall me. like that after a block. Like, like cuz like fell to his knees, slid a few yards, and then crumbled. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like Gucci said, me. put his ass in the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Smoking that boogie low tonight. <laughs> All right. Um last thing I was talking about the offensive line. Um, I had made a comment to you guys. A few weeks back, maybe it was privately, I'm not sure, that I thought that they were winning, not with power, more without leveraging people and finesse. I need to retract that statement because they're moving folks up front. I know the Falcons aren't really much defensively. Um, they have a little bit of, um, of a weaker D-line outside Gray Jarrett. But watching them on Sunday was like art. Like the O-line was great. The tight ends, honestly, were great outside of a couple moments uh, with John Bates. Like Corey just said, the pass pro with the running backs was good. Like, the blocking at large has been very, very good. We're one of the least sack teams in the NFL, as Cliff mentioned. They're really, really good up front. And they have been good up front for a while now. And I just want to acknowledge that I see they actually have the capability of powering some folks off the line of scrimmage. Yeah, damn right. You know what's crazy, too? Go ahead, Cliff. Go ahead, Cliff. Go ahead, Cliff. I'm following you. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, and I, because you know, Paul sort of jumped to conclusions about our O line in that scenario. We hadn't really seen them, right? Like the thing about the like we had, because I think you said that after the preseason, but we hadn't seen our O line. Like we hadn't actually seen them play together. Look, Cosme looks like a mm-hmm. player. Lano's been. We couldn't ask for more Absolutely. from Charles Lano, for real. Like he's played as much as. Obviously, Fitz got injured on a play where he looked like some shit. But other than that, like, yeah. Lando's been a solid player. So, mm-hmm. it's right now, our line is playing probably as well as it did last season. It's best. That's how I almost see it. Yeah. You know what's crazy, too? With Sheriff getting injured on Sunday, did you think the offensive line missed the beat when Schweitzer came in? They did but not. It, but I knew it wouldn't miss them. I mean... I don't even want to sign a sheriff here because I think sheriff's a good player. We've seen the O line without absolutely none of us. Seen the O line without him a lot. So I think we almost talk about sheriff with the assumption that we're not. We're we know we're not going to have him for a full season. Like we know that the fifth straight year we've had him for all sixteen or seventeen in this case, but five straight years without being healthy the duration of the season. That's not a good look, man. And I guarantee when they have conversations in Ashburn about paying them. That's the first tick in the in the cons column. So, oh man, this man mm-hmm. can't stay healthy. Yeah, like if Schweitzer could come off the bench and just give you the production that he gave you, and the O line not miss, miss a beat. I mean, obviously the, the front office is gonna have a decision making off season. But I mean, right. that's neither here nor there. But it's just good to see. Obviously, we know Flowers is out there moving people. He's been moving people since he came back. And like I said, it's Schweitzer didn't miss a beat, man. And obviously, you know, you got a solid one in the middle with, with Chase Ruye. We no, nobody ever mentions Ruye. Meanwhile. <laughs> Our most consistent lineman that we've had in the last five, ten years. So, yeah, keep it going. No, no doubt about it. Um, if you listen to Ben Standing on with, actually, you know what? It was I think it was Bram Weinstein on with time talking about the injuries up front. 
um, with Logan Thomas and Brandon Sheriff, and which one was more devastating. And while Brandon Sheriff probably is the better player, Logan Thomas is definitely a bigger loss because, as you saw on yes. Sunday, when Schweitzer came in for Sheriff, they didn't really miss a beat up front. But the difference between Logan Thomas and his backups is a much bigger delta. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, you're going from Logan Thomas, who is, you know, up here to Ricky Steele Jones, which, no respect, is, you know, somewhere like between like a replacement level player. Schweitzer is not playing like a replacement level player. He actually steps in the game and actually does his damn thing. Like he did the same thing he did last year. Like he mm-hmm. comes in the game, he knows his um, responsibilities, and he doesn't really make you notice him in a negative way. The only time you ever notice Schweitzer is when he's pancaking somebody. So mm-hmm. shout out to him. Yep. All right. So let's talk about the negatives. And they, there were plenty. The offense, for the most part, showed me nothing but positives. You know, I, I think I mentioned this to you guys today. I think last year we only had a handful of, of plays that went over 40 yards, like the scoring plays. Uh, this year we had three off the top of my head. Oh, by the way, shout out to DeAndre Carter, NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. Uh, we needed that kickoff return, and he looked damn good in doing it. He's not scared at all, is he? He's a hell of a return man, ain't he? Shout out to Ron Rivera for recognizing that that brother can be the playmaker and kept him as the return man because I know we all questioned was he going to be on the on his 53-man roster. And it's one, he already housed one. Two, he hasn't fumbled any, knock on wood. We haven't had no muff punts, no muff returns. Like he's a threat at all times on special teams. And that's all you that's all you can ask for in a return game. So yeah, big shout out to DeAndre Carter. Absolutely. But as happy as I am with the offense and the special teams outside of Hopkins, the defense. Really, uh, I, I don't know what to say about them at this point. They really they, them are not suck. showing me that they Sorry. are gonna, gonna turn to the, they're not gonna turn the corner anytime soon. Yeah, like Cliff said, say it twice. These niggas suck. Um, I, well, it ain't just the players though. It's we gotta put the we gotta call out the defensive coaches too, man, because it's still well, talent over there. Like this ain't no, they not no bum ass let, niggas. Let's. Let's so start. for them to be out here performing, oh, like, because I'm about to light the ass up. My bad. Let me cut you off. Let's start with the coaches. Before Sunday, I probably would have put the onus mostly on the players. Now I'm, like, drifting towards, like, 50-50-ish. Listen, the scheme, the scheme is just I, – I, I don't know if the scheme is the best right now. I don't know if it's the best thing for the group of players we have right now on defense. And the fact that they won't change it is maddening. Like, it's like, y'all see them out there struggling. You see they can't stop a nosebleed. They can't stop another third down. I think the Falcons went on 16 again. Again, they were pathetic in the aspect of the game. And you won't switch it up. So I have to blame y'all for this. Like, it's like, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, or, no, I I fucked that up. (laughs) George Bush. (laughs) My bad, George Bush. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Y'all gonna allow these boys to struggle for 17 games out of some, I don't know, pride? I don't know what it is. It's gotta be on Del Rio and Rivera at this point. Y'all gotta make change because the players aren't going to adapt to what you're calling. You can't just let the season go to shit, you know? Look, man, and Cliff, you said it many times. That scheme shit is for the birds. Like... If it's not working, you need to adjust to your player's strengths. Clearly right now, and I'm not making no excuses for the players, a lot of them are out there missing plays, blown coverages, blown assignments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But as a coaching staff, Del Rio, Rivera, LB Co., everybody has to – they all need to look in the mirror 
and figure this shit out. They need to either simplify the defense. They need to find a package that actually works and then go from there because for this defense with that talent to be giving up damn near 30 a week, that shit is unacceptable, man. It is truly unacceptable to see to consistently see all these blown coverages on the back end. We got Fuller playing the slot. He's getting his ass busted. I, I ain't never seen Bay. Fuller play like this. Will Jack looks like he's out there guessing. Bobby McCain out there guessing. Well, we know Cordell Patterson sure out there not, looking he, like Randy Moss. We know for sure that he don't know what he's doing. McCain. But that's what I'm saying. Like, we didn't have those miscommunications last year. And it's just, it's odd to me that they have any. And obviously, we don't know the, the play calls that are being made. But based on my, my eye that I'm game with, I don't see many adjustments. I see them. They, they did do implement a couple stunts up front. But as far as the back end, like, we were still asking Bostic to get back in coverage. He was getting his ass busted until he tore his pack. And like I said, one of our best defensive players, Cam Curl, ain't even playing like he was last year. And we're putting Landon Collins out there, and he's consistently getting his ass whooped, whether it's in a run game, falling for fakes, or blowing coverages. Last year we had Everett and Reeves back there. Yeah, I mean, they weren't perfect, but you weren't seeing shit like this. Nope. So at some point, Del Rio – and Rivera got to have a little sit down. And I don't know if they got to sit with the Cavs. They got to simplify this shit, man. And so they, because this is not, you cannot let the season go sideways because you don't want to adjust to your best talents. You don't want to change your scheme. Fuck that scheme shit, man. We're moving into the second quarter of the season now. So something's, <laughs> Magajack, fan of yours, but you got to figure it out, coach, because some dogs coming on this schedule. And what we've been putting on, on, on film, them, them QBs that are coming, they will light our asses up. Yeah, absolutely. And believe by, it or not. And by the way, I don't want to hear this. Oh, well, they're all new. They're all new. Like Brandon, no, like I'm not Larry trying to Jackson is no, new. No, and Collins wasn't here no, last season, no. for the most part. And McCain is new. No. I, mean, I don't, I don't want to hear that shit, man. These are professionals. You had all summer to get right. And it's not, they're they were all, they were all new last year during the COVID situation. It's, right. Right. It's not you're blowing one every once in a while, you're blowing coverages. Several times a game. Okay, y'all blaming coaches. <clears throat> nah, Cliff, nah, Cliff, don't hold do on, that. Hold don't on, do that. hold I'm on. Not just, I'm hey, not just blaming on. the coaches. Hold they on. all in that shit together. I had a lot of blame on coaches. Y'all be riled up a little bit. about schemes and whatnot. Who the fuck told Bobby McCain to jump that route? That wasn't his job. What the hell's the coach supposed to no do? No doubt. What's coach supposed to do in that situation? Who the hell told you to jump that? Coach needs to pull his ass and put somebody back there that knows how to do their damn job. Ken the full out here giving up fades to Corderell Patterson. Is that on the coach? That's on the coach. John Bostic. No. Hold on, hold on. I'm just saying. When you out here getting whooped like this, because you're not even underperforming. You out here getting cooked, like Adrian Broner say. Yeah. You out here getting cooked. <laughs> your, your first round pick ends. They not. They out here getting stopped by. They ain't even out here double teaming you. No name stopping you. Corderell Patterson catching fade routes on. Who the fuck cooked William Jackson Slayton? Shout out to Paul for calling that shit. Slayton. Hey, this <laughs> man made my day. He, he made your day. It's my, the niggas didn't even cover him on two plays. They didn't even cover <laughs> So y'all can talk about, we can talk about scheme, talk about it. No, y'all out here getting whooped out here. 
Not getting yeah. but so you can't blame so the coaches if you get whooped 28th in the league. DVOA. That's I can blame it on the coach if the coach does not take your ass off the field, I, though, Cliff. That's like Bostic. That's the thing, 17 Cliff. targets, 16 catches. If McCain's going to continue to blow coverages, put his ass on the bench. If Landon Collins doesn't know how to do his assignment, put his ass on the bench. I don't care what money they make it. It's about to be week five, bro. Like, Listen. and like you said, I'm not, I'm not just blaming the coaches, but at some point, coach got to make an adjustment as far as the personnel that's on the field. They could do that at least. Yo, are y'all not gonna make any sort of adjustments in game or week to week? Like, how much more do y'all need to see before y'all realize what you're doing is not working out? I, like, it can't be worse. So if you're switching it up and it's still bad, okay, well it's still bad. But at least you tried something new. I feel you. That's all I'm saying. I, feel, I get y'all. Right I get That's y'all. I'm but I'm seeing DBs get cooked out here, man. Cooks. No I doubt. On the coaches. We can talk about Bostic. Should Bostic play or not? Cool. Dog, I've seen bad secondaries in this city before, man. And that shit wasn't the damn coaches. Okay? I've seen, we've seen them here. That looks like a bad secondary. If you're having issues communicating and figuring yeah. out coverage, I, I hear you on that. Y'all are a bad secondary. I know damn well they, what coverage you, you might have been told of coverage. We've seen bad secondaries here, man. We've seen them. No doubt. Seen the has the secondaries. Y'all, we want to say blame the coaches. I think it's weird that we're acting like this considering it used to be when this is, we had, this is our biggest free agent signing out here getting cooked. William Jackson. Uh, uh, Kendall Fuller was the biggest signing in another year getting cooked out here. It's, I think it's weird. 26, don't forget him. 26, right? That's what I'm saying. I think it's weird if we're, they were blaming the coaches, man. Because these are some big, t- these guys are getting paid big money out here getting cooked. First round. Number but at what point do they not look at that clip and put their ass on the bench? You know, how what? long are you going to allow? 26 to get cooked. You know what frustrates me the most? We just signed Bobby McCain for one year. It's not like he got a four or five year deal. If he's going to consistently blow coverages, put his ass on the bench. Also, Bobby McCain, you don't get to step in front of Mike and be like, the media is our enemy. We know y'all not on our side. Yada, yada, yada. You know, don't be a fan later. I had made my point earlier in the season that I didn't want to hear no more be a fan later. But Bobby, you just got here. You just got here. Like, you don't get to get in front of Mike and be like, the media is not on our side. The media... And this town can be rough, but they're not saying anything with the defense at this point. That is not factual. Y'all stink out loud. So you need to just yeah. mind your damn business and get back to work. If they write bad about you, you probably played like shit today. So you need to get back in the weight room, get back in the film room, get back in this, and get back to work and figure it out. Maybe if you start playing better defense, they will start writing negative shit about the unit, period. But that's I mean, not- anything negative that's being written about them is deservedly so, bro. Right. They look pathetic. Right, Period. right. Like I said, the media in this town can be a little bit harsh, but they haven't wrote one thing with defense at this point about anybody, as even about Chase at this point. That is like, yo, you you out of pocket for that? Y'all stink right now, all of you. Minus like maybe like Allen and Payne are having good seasons. Everybody no, else only Allen. I won't even. Say you Payne, are playing well. I wouldn't even say Payne's playing all that great. Frankly, I think Allen's playing good football. That last drive, Allen was great, man. Or sorry, the, the drive. I think the drive that we mm-hmm. got able to get the ball back. Allen was great. Great play by Payne to run that clock out. Well, but hey, big shout out to Big Payne. Like I saw people <laughs> on, on Twitter talking about what is he doing? Is he trying to get flagged? 
motherfucker football 101. Oh, man, when the clock is ticking and it's <laughs> late in the fourth quarter, you sit on the quarterback. You sit like huh. he was pulling at the ball. Payne knew what the hell he was doing. Come on. I'm only disagree with you slightly about the pain. I think Payne's having a solid year. Plus, Rivera kind of pointed out that Payne's in there making disruptions. But his sidekick next to him is Deanne is doing his own little thing. So if Payne out here doing a stunt and the Deanne's running straight up field, that's not on Payne. That's on 90 and 99. Freelancer. So, but yeah. I, I don't no know. Doubt. They, they got they got to get that shit together. Seriously. We got to get them back to back duo name. I'm going to come up with one for those two. Or two Deanne. <laughs> come up with something. Hey, you dumb as shit for that. <laughs> 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 they be gassed on the first hit. Let me shut up. Let me shut up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, hey, man, I had a theory. I had a theory that the mm-hmm. reason why Chase and Montez was subbing out so much because their lungs wasn't right. You know? Well. <laughs> 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 but listen, oh. the last thing I'll say with the defense, isn't it frustrating that every team right now is trying to quit game us because our, our front four is our strength? And they haven't done anything to combat that. I know that there's not much you can do in the same cook, but it seems like they're not even ready for the quick game sometimes, for real. Yeah. Right. I like, it was our worry. Remember, you remember going into the season, I said that I was worried about the QBs that got the ball out quickly. Right? It doesn't mm-hmm. be our weaknesses. And I thought it was going to be a lot of the, the older guys, like the Matt Ryan types that were on light itself. But clearly the whole league. Maddie, I showed it. But clearly the league <laughs> in general, because when you the, the way that, I find the way the NFL works is if you're if you're a team that sort of pops out of nowhere and has a lot of success, you get studied by your opponents a lot going that next season. They're looking at defense all offseason. Like you're on, yeah, our defense is talking yep. about everywhere, especially our D line. So you mm-hmm. know. You know mm-hmm. offensive lines are looking at our D-line like, oh, they've been talking these motherfuckers up all year. We trying to whoop them. Then you add to the fact our defense ran their mouths. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I don't know, man. That's why I find it hard to say coaching. I really find it hard. Because I get what y'all are saying. But Jack Del Rio been doing this for a while. He's had better defenses with worse players than these. That's all I can say about that. I've seen them have I've seen him have better defenses with worse players than this. You know, and time's running out, man. I mean, at some point, you got to call spades. The defense is bad. I still think they'll turn around to a degree, but this just might be who they are. Last year, might have been a, no, no, no. I'm not going. You know, I was going to say last year might have been a bit of fool's. Well, no, 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 last no, no, year no. might have been a little bit of fool's gold with the with the with the string of bad quarterbacks they faced. <laughs> They were playing better last year. They definitely were playing better last year, but we might have got a little bit gassed when we got nah, two defensive touchdowns off of somebody like Nick that, Maybe not <laughs> us. Maybe not us. Oh, oh, oh. Why do you see? You know, I'm listening. Now, this is Paul's way of playing devil's advocate or whatever the hell he's doing, where he voices the opinion. I just like how he name dropped Nick Mullins, though. <laughs> but we also played Russell Wilson. We played Russell Wilson last year. Yeah. People leave that went toe to toe with him. Yep, Wilson had a pretty bad game versus us. Dog, they're not playing well. You're saying time, right. but my no, thing I, is, you're saying time's running out. There's 13 games left. The defense will play better. right. The defense will <laughs> no, play. I, 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 I said that I'm not. I'm not getting ready to give up on the defense. 
But you said time's running out. Are we sure? Time is running out for them to convince me that last year wasn't a complete fluke. No. It, what are we going to be saying in week eight if they're still going to 30 a game? Are, are we, See, this is what I'm saying. Why the fuck do we always do this as, as, a, as a fan base? Last week it was, well, what if we go four and 13? Now it's, well, what if the defense is bad in week eight? People, the defense is about as bad as it's going to get right we get it. The defense is bad as it's going to get right now, man. It's bad. So, if you say that, but if these motherfuckers give up 40 with Jameis on Sunday, I ain't going to do No, what I'm saying is like, you are, this is the an NFL season where it is more important to be better later in the year than now. They're not playing well. No question. Yeah, I'm with you but on that. I'm with you on that. I feel like the fan base mm-hmm. is treating it like the two and two is disappointing solely because they're playing bad. Like there was a bad people had like this weird bad taste in their mouth yeah. being the Falcons. Our special teams played well, our offense played well, our defense wasn't good. We won the game. See, we're not gonna we're not gonna make we're not gonna go from no doubt we're not gonna go from making everything about the quarterback to now making everything about this defense. You played like shit, you're playing like shit right now, play better. Right now, offense carried the team. I'm good with it. My point yeah. I was gonna make, Paul, is funny that Cliff ended there. Who would have thought that? Our offense would be playing like this, and we'd just be asking our defense to be average. Like, <laughs> there's no way in hell you could have told me that's the situation we'd be in right now. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Something else, man. But all right, uh, let's talk real quick about the injuries that we sustained on Sunday and this week. Uh, the list is quite long. Um, we already announced that uh, John Bostic is gone for the season. We also announced that Tor McTire got. So bad from Torres ACL in the last play on the Hail Mary. He's out for the season. They put Logan Thomas on the IR today. He's gone for four weeks. Brandon Sheriff has, uh, what was this, an MCL sprain, was it? And, mm-hmm. and he's gone for yep. two or three weeks. Uh, the did not practice list today at practice. Uh, Dami Brown, Gibson, Holcomb, Samuel, Sheriff, Sims, and Thomas. And limited was St. Juice, Smith-Williams, McKissick, Ionize, Everett, Allen. We had said earlier that this team has stayed healthy throughout the summer and early in the season. And uh, this week, that kind of went to shit. Uh, so, I mean, next man up mentality, that's the way it has to be. That's the way it was last season. You found good players in unconventional spots. And I'm hoping they do enough in, uh, with these uh, practice squad guys they're bringing in uh, to um, keep the boat afloat should we lose any players in the coming weeks. Yeah, man. The one is obviously, I think the one that's going to hurt us the most, I'm pretty sure y'all agree, is probably Logan Thomas, man. It sucks to lose Logan because he's such, he's such a key part of our offense. And obviously, he keeps some attention away from Terry. And, and it just sucks that we just got Curtis Salmon back and then we lose our tight end. So, like you said, John Bates, step up. Ricky Seals Jones, Paul, that's your man. Next man up. And Rivera said we're going to see Samus Reyes on Sunday. So, I guess we'll see what he's got in store in his game. But unfortunately, at least it looks yeah. like St. Juice will be back for the game on Sunday, but, I mean, yeah, man, the team was – we really – we were not banged up like that. That definitely sucks to lose that many players, but um, they're going to have to adjust, man. That's football. Yeah. 